Olive Priest thought of her city as a massive beast, and the theater district was its heart. Not a pretty heart you might doodle in a notebook, all curvy and neatly joined up at a point. More like the heart of a kraken, a raw mess of arteries and ventricles and veins clustered in the center, pumping tons of frenetic black energy through the monster. So Olive didn't draw neat pretty hearts. She preferred them big and messy, kraken hearts. One side might be bigger than the other, or the ends might cross with a violent slash. Sometimes her hearts looked like a hastily scrawled letter B, or a lopsided three with a tail. Olive used to attempt to be neat, but occasionally she practiced deliberate carelessness. Yet another imperfection for her mother to pick at. She was doodling hearts on her music folder in the car one morning as her mother drove them to the city's art center. These hearts were more wibbly-wobbly than usual, thanks to Olive's trembling hand. When the car made a sharp turn, the resulting heart looked more like a sloppy treble clef. Olive tucked her pencil back in the folder with a sigh. Casting a furtive glance at Mrs. Priest, she rolled her window down a tiny bit and inhaled deeply. Olive liked how the city smelled, because it smelled like everything good and bad. Fried foods, cheap cologne, trash left out a day too long. Her mother said it stank. But Olive found it complex, a full range of disgusting to delicious. Olive. Yes? Where is your barrette? Olive's hands flew up to her windblown hair, combing through short, dark tangles for the metal barrette. She plucked it out, wincing when a few strands ripped free. The car slowed to a stop at a light, and Mrs. Priest turned to her daughter with a disapproving frown. Here. She took the barrette and slid it into place, the metal scraping Olive's scalp. And close your window. The heat causes frizzies. Olive took her time, turning the window crank as slowly as possible. Do you have the forms? Yes. Olive patted her music folder, wondering why Mrs. Priest had bothered to ask. She had, after all, tucked the Art Center's theater camp enrollment forms into Olive's folder herself before they left. And the check? Yes. The slip of paper worth more than a month of bills was secured to Olive's forms with a paper clip. Non-refundable. Mrs. Priest cast a sharp glance at her. How are you feeling? Anyone but Olive might miss the underlying threat in the question. She clasped her hands tightly. Fine. This audition is important, Olive, Mrs. Priest said, as if Olive weren't acutely aware of this fact. Theater camp isn't worth the expense if you're just going to be an understudy like last summer. Talent scouts won't be interested in anyone outside of the leading roles. Olive swallowed hard and said nothing. She had enjoyed being the understudy, truth be told. There had been no reason to worry about talent scouts. And most rehearsals weren't darkened by her mother's presence. So Olive had been free to lose herself in the performance in peace. But that was last year. A lot could change in a year. Her mother pressed on the gas pedal, tucking a straight brown lock behind her ear. No summer humidity would dare cause Laurel Priest's hair to frizz. It's time to conquer this ridiculous, 
stage fright. Stage fright. She said it with a sneer, the same contemptuous tone she reserved for words like beggars and thrift stores. Olive traced a messy heart on the window with her finger. She did not have stage fright. I know, was all she said. You love singing, Olive. This was very true. You want to perform. Also true. Most children don't have the opportunities you have, especially these days. Mrs. Priest squeezed the steering wheel, her knuckles whitening. You can't let fear of the spotlight stop you. I'm not afraid of the spotlight. Olive bit her lip and stared through the glass at a bus stop, where colorful new advertisements for the latest musicals and plays covered the outside of the shelter. The city may have been struggling to survive in the last few years, weakened by hard times, constantly on the verge of collapse. But its stubborn heart beat on. Squinting, Olive scanned the names of the theaters. She'd heard of only a few, but that wasn't unusual. It was next to impossible to know all the venues in the city, and not just because of sheer number. The theaters were in constant flux, moving and changing, opening and closing. It was a feverish, never-ending search for the next big show, the next big star. Olive dreamed about being that star. If it hadn't been for her mother, she might even have dared to believe it was possible.